the pot party, the trippers, the grasshoppers, the hip ones, all gathered in secrecy and flying high as a kite. Outside the boundaries of their phony world of kicks is the ever-present possibility of discovery. This must be avoided at all costs, for discovery brings with it the penalties of society, shame, arrest, prison. So destroy the evidence, leave not a trace, burn it in paper trash. That way they can deny possessing the illegal marijuana. They can say the flaming can is part of a game. They can lie, they can swear. This time the gang's lucky. It's not the law, or discovery, or problems. It's just their supplier, Pete, with his number one chick, and a new guy looking for kicks. Forget it, man, and get with the countdown. Shake this square world and blast off for Kicksville. And there we are. Yo, yo, yo. What up, what up, what up? I drank a Red Bull, y'all. <clears throat> and I'm losing my voice. <laughs> this wow. doesn't sound like Dre. It's going to be that show, huh? It's because it's not Dre. <laughs> it's Batman. Yeah. Hey, I heard about it. You found a dead bat on your yeah, doorstep? Yeah, this morning there was a fucking dead bat on my doorstep, dude. What the hell? Some crazy shit. That's a, If there was ever a sign that you are got to be Batman, like, I don't know. I think someone found out. I think, yeah. oh, found out. Yeah. I thought that was just a sign to become Batman. Oh, shit. Did I just say this on the air? Damn. Fuck. <laughs> You're not very good. Dominic- yeah, no. Uh, Dominican Batmans can't keep secrets, apparently. <laughs> well, you know, as soon as I saw it, the first thing I thought was, well played, Joker. Well played. <laughs> Touche. What up, What's good with you, bro? Great, man. Great. We're here, Human Sushi, the number one podcast in the world. And uh, I thought welcome, you were guys. talking to me and shit. All of a sudden, you start talking to this like invisible audience and shit. I'm talking to you out there. Hmm? That's weird. You did like a radio <laughs> voice that I've never heard you do before right now. It's, really? it's kind of weird. Yeah. It's the Red Bull, man. Is it the Red Bull? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Let's make this a Red Bull free podcast from now on. Oh, man. At least for you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking with you, man. Everything good? Everything's great, man. I'm excited because today we have on the show. A special guest sushi. It's actually Director. someone we've been wanting to have on the show yes. for a minute, and we've been going back and forth on Instagram, Facebook, just trying to make it happen. Been trying you know, to make it happen. Everyone in this room is kind of a big deal, so it's like, you know, make the schedules connect and everything, you know? Yes. It was uh, my schedule, to be honest, guys. Was it? Yeah. I had too much stuff going on <laughs> with my rap career. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man, this guy is, is uh, like genuinely one of my favorite rappers uh, in Miami, artist period, um, mm-hmm. and just also like type of dude that like does a little bit of everything. You know what I'm saying? So like Director, he he actually has a podcast also, artist, which I've been on. Fellow podcaster. Yeah. So without further ado, Art Morera. Art Morera's in the house, y'all. Welcome to Human Sushi, man. Yo, yo, what up? Just what's like up, th- that's new, man. That's like some Breakfast Club it's shit. The just, Red Bull Sun. I wish yeah, I had a bell and an air horn. This right is now. weird <laughs> as fuck, man. This is. I'm like, wait, this is not Human Sushi. I'm, I feel like I'm listening to Breakfast Club or Drink Champs or some shit. I like it. Yeah, yeah. For sure. You're the first one that's gotten an applause. So welcome on the show. For what it's worth. Hey, I mean, you know what, man? If if anyone would be uh, applauding themselves, man, you know, I'd probably encourage y'all to uh, <laughs> add these little elements. You know what I'm saying? Word, word. Yeah, Art's, I don't, Art's I don't, just looking at me like, oh, this guy's tripping. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm having a good time, this bro. Is, this is not Renee. <laughs> it's all good, bro. Maybe we should spark up that joint, right? Oh, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> so, yeah, it was good, man. Man, I'm here, bro. I'm just, 
cruising through Kendall, man. Yeah. You know, I didn't mm. want to get caught in that traffic on the way over here across town, so I came real early. It's, it's been a while since you've been through Kendall, right? It has, man. If I don't have a reason to be in this area, I'm not going to just stroll through. That's a smart That's a smart way of looking yeah. at it. Yeah, it's yeah. on the outskirts of the city. But I love it, though. It's like mad nostalgic. Like, mm-hmm. I always felt like Kendall was one of the nicer parts of, like, South Florida because of, like, all the complexes mm-hmm. and the, the roads are, like, nice and smooth and all that. And I went to middle school over here in Hammocks Middle. I was there for sixth and seventh grade. Okay. So it was, like, mad nostalgic riding through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had, like, seven hours to kill. So I was just, like, <laughs> parked in a parking lot and just kicking it, bro. Yes. Did wow. you walk around Hammocks Trails? Because I feel like if you lived in Kendall, you walked around Hammocks Trails at some point. <laughs> nah, what I did was I went to Taco Bell. Over here, uh, in this suit, in this plaza right over here. Yeah. And today, Chase Bank had a worldwide shutdown. Everyone's card was being declined. So, you know, uh, instead of paying at the register, they have those little screens where you can order ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Then you just show up and get your food. Okay. And I tried to pay for my food, and then it was declined. And I looked at my account, and I still had money in there. So I'm like, there's no reason. I tried it again. Right. And I was like, whatever, I'll just pay up there. And then this lady, they made the food already. I hadn't paid for it. So that was like two hours of my time of those seven hours was just waiting for them to clear <laughs> it up. <laughs> Damn. Ooh, great time. But what happened? Do you know what happened with, with Chase? I don't know, man. But <laughs> the lady that I spoke to on the phone was like, you know how they, they go to this down this protocol of like, oh, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll be happy the script. Chase. They're yeah. reading off the script. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, I, and I'm not scripted. I'm just like totally passionate i'm like you don't understand my food got cold i didn't want to eat until i paid for it <laughs> and i got all these middle schoolers i'm straight i got all these middle schoolers like looking at me like like who the fuck is this man like just <laughs> yeah we just pay- trying to give her taco bell son <laughs> pa- yeah pacing around the lo- pacing around my eating area because i was like anxiety bro like, yeah yeah i just want to eat my food yeah and not be that guy and i ended up being that guy it so. happens in miami man i went to uh get passport photos today and the lady's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's eating lunch right now. It's like, oh, man. I don't know what kind of accent. But that that's was. not really a, yeah, I don't know what accent that was either. <laughs> but that's it, more like a, you know, that makes me think, right? It was CVS, though. Yeah, but he's talking about something that happened at, at just the bank period, like, right? It, like, it happened nationwide, right? Yeah, like, I was yeah. on hold. Okay, I was on hold for, like, 12 minutes the mm-hmm. first time before someone picked up. Mm-hmm. Then they give you the whole spiel and oh, transfer you to someone okay. else. So it's more like corporate frustration right. and then and then the call ended like okay uh wait for the other person to pick up and then the phone rang like five times and ended so all that was for nothing and i called again that's crazy and i'm just looking at my food like oh, don't worry i'm coming <laughs> but i'll tell you what though as frustrating as frustrating as it is to have to like speak to customer service people because i hate that shit so much mm-hmm. you know especially if you have like I don't want to start throwing companies out there. Bank of America, you suck. Um, Hit us up, up, Bank of America. But I've actually become grateful when I actually speak to a person and not a machine. Like, that shit to me is the most frustrating. When you're calling, like, one of these customer service lines and you're trying to get service or whatever and you end up just, like, having to press a bunch of buttons and you can't get a machine to just answer a question for you, you know? It depends on the person. I just press zero a bunch of times. Me too. Yeah. Get me me through, Get me to somebody, (laughs) yeah. I get you, bro. I just met you, but I get you. But, you know, (laughs) that that makes me think about, like, how a lot of jobs are becoming uh, automated now, right? And and you really do lose a, a lot like, you know, the, they have they compute the efficiency and, and how much it's going to cost to have a machine do it versus a human and shit. But there's just an element of having a human handle it 
that you just that doesn't compute you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's not going to come out in the statistics it's like the the you could just you feel like you could get it done a lot more efficiently if you're actually talking to a person that you can communicate to you know depends on the person it does depend on a person you're right mm-hmm. but it's almost always better than just a machine in my opinion mm, depends on the person <laughs> i've talked to some really frustrating people before on customer service lines you know that i'm just like Oh, you know, like, but would you like to, you know, I don't want to do accents, man. Why the fuck do I always do accents? What are you doing, bro? I don't know. It was a Middle East. Yo, that Red Bull got you tripping. Indian dude. Check the ingredients on that shit, bro. Yo, it says here, triglycerides. (laughs) I do like Red Bull, though. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. I actually like Red Bull Radio. Like, if I had to pick something about Red Bull, Mm -hmm. they also have Red Bull Music Academy. Have you seen those videos? What's Red Bull Radio? Is it like a radio station? Yeah. Like, like Earl Sweatshirt and Knowledge, they have the Stay Inside with Earl Sweatshirt, Mm. and that's like you know, on Red Bull Radio. Mm. And I don't know how they do it. Maybe, like, they just have a, a bunch of microphones by all the Red Bull. Right. And they just say, yo, y'all do shit here. We'll do the Red Bull making over here. And mm-hmm. and they also have Red Bull Music Academy. So it's like they sponsor studio sessions being mm-hmm. filmed, you know. So low-key, I kind of fuck with Red Bull. No, I really yeah. like Red Bull. Now that you mention it, I really like uh, the Flutog event. That shit is pretty cool to watch. That's where they, like, build, like, these weird airplanes and launch them off a ramp and see which ones fly furthest yeah and then they have like breakdancing uh stuff too like the breakdancing battles and shit don't get it twisted that's also great marketing for them though yeah of course like they saw a space that isn't being occupied by big corporations and they they occupied that space yeah yeah for sure because they're you could tell that the vibe that they're going for is the more like indie underground kind of vibe Mm-hmm. with the, the events that they sponsor and like you know they have red bull radio they they had you said they have a recording academy yeah a red bull music academy mm. if you go on youtube you look that up you was see that a like a full of, sale kind of thing kind of it's just like all it is is just cameras set up in a, in a studio and you just see people make music okay and what's full sale dre full sale mm-hmm. it's a recording school didn't mm-hmm. you go there no i went to sound and audio engineering academy of the united states you, of america you went North to miami uh sae yeah hey shout out to frank socorro you know, Alpha Beat. Hey, you know what I'm saying? He's uh, nope. <laughs> it's not SAE over here on 163rd. I went there in 2004 though, so it's like a uh-huh. long ass time ago. Mm, okay. Mm. Why? Yeah. Who's who do you know from there? Uh, he was like the the, the head instructor. Uh, his name is Frank Socorro. He's like a, a ma- mastering audio engineer. Aside yeah. from a producer and all that. So when you mentioned SAE, I just wanted to just give him a quick shout for out. Sure, for sure. Uh, you and I drove to Full Sail one time. Remember that in in Orlando to yeah. to go check it out and shit. But neither of us ever signed up. Yeah, we were like, "Fuck this shit, son. We we're too good for this shit." <laughs> but look, I make that point. I know just to to go back to the other thing because it's like, do you think about <laughs> what's funny, man? You're just trying to ground it and shit, and I keep going crazy. Go ahead, go. Ahead. Sorry, <laughs> you're trying not to have a podcast right no, now. No, no, I am. Listen, I'm listening. Go, go. Yeah, yeah. Are you sure, man? Yeah, I promise. Should we continue? Or? It's that the Red Bull gave him wings, so he's not grounded. He's, he's floating He around. flew the fuck out of here. Yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to come back. Where the fuck did you go, bro? Uh, I'm mm. the Joker to your Batman. Go. Is that what it is? <laughs> so you left that dead bat in my doorstep. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think about how like these jobs are becoming automated, right? And this dude, Andrew Yang talks about like the universal basic income have you heard of that this dude yeah so he's like running for democratic the for the democratic nominee right nomination and he's a a dude that believes that we all own 
we're we're all entitled to a percentage of like the American economy because we're all investors in the economy by putting our money and paying taxes and you know all that kind of stuff. So he thinks that we're owed one thousand dollars a month as Americans just for being just for being Americans, right? Sounds a lot like some socialist, right? Right. Yeah. But the way he. Um, the way he kind of rationalizes it is that we're all kind of like shareholders in this giant corporation that is America. That's the way he kind of, you know, puts it in capitalistic terms, I guess. Right, to try to make it palatable, you know. But part of his campaign is he's, you know, he's doing that to soften the blow from automating all these jobs. Like, all these people are losing, you know, work now. They don't don't necessarily know how to fucking code and shit, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. That was the slogan, right? Like, teach them how to code or something like that. Learn to code. Learn to code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that was like referring to saying, okay, well, if we're losing all these jobs that are becoming automated, we still need people to now, you know, work on the machines, to work on the coding, to work on the programming for the machines that are taking over. So learn to code is like kind of saying like one job replaces another one. Some people disagree with that because they say, you know, a factory job or whatever a floor job is not the same thing as doing a coding job you know so well the thing is like you're not going to train a guy that's been fucking working in a as a truck driver for 30 years mm-hmm. the dude is like 50 years old and all of a sudden he's going to learn how to like yeah but write computer code i don't think that's who they meant though i think they meant like you know it'll balance like that guy will be screwed he'll need to go get another truck driving job but eventually it'll balance out because we're opening up new jobs eventually you know, new people will come into these jobs. So the numbers will even out, not necessarily for Joe Smith, who lost his truck driving job. You know what I'm saying? Where, I mean, do you, where do you stand on this? I mean, even then, I don't, I don't know if I'll be too comfortable driving next to a Tesla operated semi truck. Right. Like, mm, I, w- right. I would want somebody there making sure that mm, no one dies. That's a great point. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But that's specifically with trucking. Like, transporting is a, uh, has to be man operated for sure. Mm-hmm. Other things like fast food or, uh, factory jobs where it's just uh an assembly line like mm. i can see yo look man like it's just the name of the game bro like yeah you can't stop technology right yeah you know it's all good some people like their patches sewn sewn on there by an old lady some people like the machine bro like right. whatever it is what it yeah. is you know the machine the machine is cheaper is the thing you know what i mean so it's just, right it's just if i can pay ten dollars for a shirt instead of eighty dollars for a shirt you know because it wasn't hand sewn or whatever i'm fine with that you know I, I'm I'm not a dude that takes care of my stuff anyways. I'm going to wreck that shirt in like three days, you know? So. Yeah, and I just think it's kind of like foolish to campaign against technology, against the advancement of technology. It's like you're kind of campaigning against the obvious, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, eventually. Or the inevitable, win. I should yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna but win. I could understand, like right now, we live in a generation where our parents are getting kind of old already. Mm-hmm. So they're, the, the future scares a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, man, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to be a content creator i just kind of want to go go to my job and that's it just live my live out the rest of my life the way that i grew up living it mm-hmm. so right. i could understand how for them it's kind of scary but at the same time there's some type of like integrity bro like knowing that you're you're paying for a product that a human being put together mm-hmm. you know like all the callus on their hands mm-hmm. came like with all these years of experience knowing that you have like a quality guarantee because a lot more mistakes happen on the assembly line than you realize bro Mm -hmm. whereas you have the human you know like the human being just making sure that everything works i I prefer that right yeah i I agree i agree Mm -hmm. and and i also think it like scares me a little bit 
And I don't know if it's just like the science fiction mm-hmm. loving side of me, you know, but it scares me a little to give so much control to machines. I robot. The Matrix with Will Smith. Yeah, it's just like, you know, <laughs> they're going to become sentient one day, bro. <laughs> and then try to kill us. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. But like it does it, it does scare me, though, man. That like That's interesting to me. I, I like that. Topic. But there's so many. Well, I, you know, I don't want to get too like sci fi on it. Right. But even not not touching on that, like there's mm-hmm. so many uh, skills that we're going to end up losing due to automation and due to like everything being so easy to do on a on a machine. Well, yeah, we've already lost a lot, you know, like of skills in that sense. Like, yeah. Like there's no more like shoemakers out there like hand making a shoe, you know what I mean? Like it's very rare. How about I mean? this? There's barely any handwriting now. Right. <clears throat> you don't need to know how to write with your hands. Pretty soon you won't need to, dude. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, there'll be no more paper eventually. That's going to be crazy. And that's like the first thing we used to learn in school is how to write, how to read and write. It's like know? that one part in Waterworld where the guy's like, look, paper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're like all hunting for paper. Yeah. 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 It's crazy, man. Communication, the, the nature of communication has completely changed in, in our lifetime. Yeah. We're back to pictographs with the uh, emojis, you know. But you know what, man? At the same time, like I kind of encourage people to see what they're capable of, bro. It's like, you know. If 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 tangible things existed up until the 21st century, and now we're going all digital and all automated, mm-hmm. all right, learn, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, le- yeah. learn the fly. You of know course. what I'm saying? I agree. Right. And it might take a while. Like, look, right now, I'm trying to learn, not learn. I'm trying to understand how to stylistically work like After Effects, you know? Mm-hmm. Because when I want After Effects in my video, Someone that I know that does it is trying to charge me like $700 to do it just because right. they know how to do it. Right. And, I, and I can respect their price because when a, when a, a label or a corporation hits them up mm-hmm. and says, hey, we want a contract, they have the budget to pay you $700 for 100 videos. Yeah. But like, I'm, you know, so instead of me trying to like take up your time that's dedicated to that, let me just learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And no, you'd be surprised, man, right? You know what I'm saying? Because be that's where the value sure. is, though. Like, that guy that's trying to, like, uh, that you would hire to do that service, he put in all the time to learn how to do that job. You right. know what I mean? For and sure. that's what he's getting paid for. For sure. Like, one thing I really don't like to do, and, like, I did it 10 years ago before I appreciated the value of learning how to, like, you know, respect someone's hours they put in. Because mm-hmm. when you're younger, you try to get hookups. Of course. Nowadays, I don't want nothing for free, yep. bro. I like, Same. Like, how much do you charge retail? Like, Same. Just thank you. You exactly. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it feels much better doing that. Of course. Even my close friends that you know, if if we collaborate on something, I you know, I always try to pay. Yeah, it's like, look, yeah. man, how much do you charge? Okay. Otherwise, sure. I won't do it. Mm-hmm. And, but then at the same time, since you're paying retail, you know that you're paying more, so you got to make more money, which means you got to apply yourself more. Mm-hmm. But if I know I got this this iPhone for full price. It's going to make me appreciate it that much more. And it trickles down to like appreciating making yourself get up in the morning, not being late for work right? and putting in that work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Someone walks in and says, yo, who did this? Oh, Art did this. Right. Whether you did a good or a bad job, it's going to reflect on you. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to afford full price on whatever I want to, my yeah. quality of life to be, you know? Exactly, because yeah. you take that out of the equation. So you're not wasting time thinking about, oh, how can I get a better price on this? What are you going to say? $50 and it took, what, three hours out of your day where you could have been productive, you know? So Right. And think about <laughs> everything we're saying revolves around time. 
You know, mm-hmm. time is the most valuable asset we have, man. Definitely. It's the one thing you can't buy or get back, you know? So that that's actually a pretty good segue because most of the projects that you've put out are time-based. And that's your, kind of your whole brand is 12 a.m., right? Like, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so how did that come about? Like, what's that all about? Yeah, yeah, 12 a.m. I, I love like it. that segue, right? I come segues. every time I got a good segue, yeah. you like call attention to it and yeah, fuck it up. Son. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like riding scooters because that segue was amazing. Oh, I'm saying, but like, sure. but listen, like, like that that segue is like natural, like because you know, like yo, Dre is like one of my favorite MCs, bro. Shoddy, bro. That's what's up, man? So like, you hear these word, word associations, it's just natural, you know? Yeah, yeah, go, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, so like, the podcast poet, this guy. <laughs> Let him get to the fucking story, man, please. But I'm saying, look, man, like, mind you, I, I, I would like to chop it up with you about on some like about your music too, man. You know what I'm saying? I know yeah. I'm, I'm on your podcast, but no, we could talk about it. Like, I've never really talked about it on here like, that much. You know? Everyone that's listening to Human Sushi, y'all, y'all know Dre as the host, of, the the co-host of this podcast, right? Yeah. But this fool is a legend, yo. Like in my city, and just. If you put words together and you appreciate the intricacies of perfect rhyming, but not sacrificing the story, you'll truly value cats like Shoddy, bro. You know what I'm saying? Word, man. And I like, appreciate that. And that's a lost, that, that seems to be a lost art form, you know? Mm. And I'm trying to keep that shit alive too, bro. I want to yeah. be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think those of us in, like here in the city too that, you know, are kind of in on that wavelength we tend to find each other too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, you know, you're like, okay, I see this guy gets it. Yeah, you know, exactly, like, you exactly. Know? It's like you speak a, a certain language and shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But um, but look, man, let me answer your question, right? So 12 a.m., right? Like, uh, So the story behind 12 a.m. is, like, I've been rhyming since high school, right? Really since middle school, but I didn't start taking it seriously till high school. Mm. Then then I got into, like, learning how to freestyle, then battle rap. You join those battles, you sign up, you rhyme over beats try to win those battles and then you kind of start to dabble in studios and playing with the idea of making music not just being a cypher mc right right pretty much everyone's old school journey yeah that, yeah that was it yeah so after high school i got into this group mm-hmm. and we were in the studio all day we were managed by this dude named drop he's a he's a an engineer that you know in the industry based out of south florida i don't drop yeah yeah drop shout yeah. out to drop yeah. right word so in 2005 to 2007 I was in this group called DMG, right? And this was my whole life because I, I made that decision early on that I rap is my life, you know? So imagine you dedicate your, your every ounce of your being to pursuing this, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like taking lead, uh, criticism and direction and just molding your, your, your cadence on the mic and mm-hmm. your voice in the studio. And then we get, we get like offers by, um, uh, these labels in 2007 in New York. We flew out to New York. We met up with like 10 or 12 labels. I can't even remember the names, but a bunch of major labels. I'm sure if I was sitting in the room with one of the other members, their memory is better than mine mm-hmm. on which labels. Can but you say the name of the group? or It was DMG. DMG, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was DMG. Diverse Music Group, right? And then we got offers on the table, but our management wanted more. And in that negotiation process that I wasn't there for, the labels pulled out. So then... All this buildup led up to just being just nothing. Do you think it had anything to do with you not being in the room? You think you could have steered it a different way? Hell no, because I wasn't business savvy at the point, at oh, the time. Okay. You know, I was even trying to be the cool guy. Like in one of the, the board boardrooms, mm-hmm. one of the guys in one of those labels was asking us like, oh, what type of music do you listen to to kind of get a feel of who we were? Right. And all the other members was t- saying, oh, no, I'll, 
listening to Pharrell and Jay-Z and, you know, this and that. And when it came to me, like, almost like smug because I just wanted to be, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know why I was decided to be so cocky, but I was like, man, I just listened to the Beatles, bro. You know, <laughs> like he, and you can tell that he was like, oh, okay, anyway, mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So fuck around. I might've been one of the reasons why that specific <laughs> meeting was a little funny, you know? Right, right. But so whatever, man. Fuck so that. if he ain't fucking with you because you said that, fuck him, you know. I mean, mind you, man. Like I'm like mad hard on myself. So like, yeah, you, 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 that's you, a long shot. That that's the reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just like mad over over analytical. But like, the the group wasn't getting along no more, and I left the group. So then I was I found myself mad like overweight by myself. I didn't have access to none of these songs. He's oh damn near a hundred records that we recorded, mm-hmm. and I was living with my pops. And I had invested in like a little beat making setup because I, I, I didn't have my own studio setup. Mm-hmm. So I had like my computer, my little MIDI keyboard and my little speakers and I needed to connect it. And next to my dad's entertainment system is the power outlet where you plug things into. So he, he's one of those guys that has like an old school VCR with a DVD player still. Mm-hmm. And you know how on, on the face of that, of the VCR, it has the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And unless if you set the time it's going to always blink but the time's in a tick you know so i remember unplugging the vcr Mm -hmm. and then plugging in the power strip where my my things go to and then replugging the vcr onto one of the outlets on the power strip Mm. and i looked over at the vcr Mm -hmm. and it was flashing 12 Mm a.m you know and i was like it was so yeah like all my shit turned on right and so did his and that moment was like literally the restart that's cool. That's you a cool ass name too. You you come up with great names like the podcast is called the Medianoche Podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's twelve like, a.m. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, yeah. you know, it's, it's like it's perfect, bro. Yeah. You know, you pluck the fruit when it's ripe, bro. Right. You know. Yeah. Damn, I didn't even make that connection to right now. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why it's Medianoche, bro. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, that's bro. his whole like brand and shit. Yeah, yeah. I like that shit, man. Yeah, yeah man. So you're, you're good at branding, and and you're also like one of the things with when you started doing the podcast it's like i was just telling you this when we weren't recording um bro you dropped like 30 episodes in one month yeah i did i mean but i couldn't have done that with everybody else not being available you mm-hmm. know so really shout out to every all the guests that made themselves available to show up yeah you know yeah there was even a couple episodes man that damn i'll never bitch again <laughs> I'm he sorry. did a, he did a, a whole lot. bunch of episodes yeah man I, I listened to a lot of them yeah and like because mind you now i have all, all i have all my equipment to be able to create mm-hmm. so i would schedule let's say serum right mm-hmm. i'll be like yo you coming through yeah i'm coming through so i'll get out of work at 7 a.m because i work the overnight mm-hmm. and i'll set everything up and i'll have the my computer on sleep but pro tools everything is open and then i'll pass out and then I'll get the phone call and I'll like wake up being mad groggy. What's up, Serum? Shit, you know, you open the door and the sunlight's like piercing through your eyelids like shit. <laughs> and he shows up with like some IPAs. Like, so I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Hold on. Come, for sure. Yeah, come on through. Yeah. And they showed up and I made myself available too. So mm-hmm. yeah, bro. Like, you know, like that first but, season was mad. Yeah, it, it's like it paints a, a pretty full picture of the Miami hip hop scene, you know? Yeah, man. Nobody, know, nobody was doing it, bro. Have you ever covered what the what the best place to get a medianoche in Miami is, bro? Like the smaller mom and pop human Mary, Mary's Coin Laundry. Yeah, Mary's Coin Laundry. One <laughs> micro. You know what I'm saying? Mary's Coin Laundry. <laughs> you go up. and So down. that's actually a laundry spot. 
and they have food. Yeah. Yes. And it's yeah. open 24 hours. That's, that's right. Spot. You drive up, boom, get your food. Yep. That's right, man. It's like, a brilliant idea, man. Little spots like that, for sure. Mm-hmm. You don't got to pay somebody to man the laundromat. Just all the ladies there right. are cooking the food and nothing really goes wrong. You know, everything works. Mm-hmm. They just make the money. So, yeah, a Cuban person came up with that for sure. <laughs> yeah, for man, sure. that's what I'm saying. So when I thought about making this podcast, this is the thing, right? Like the the main reason why I started my podcast was because if you don't have a publicist, you're not going to get much me- public uh, publicity, right? you mm-hmm. know, and, and interviews are just as important to me as the music, sometimes even more important, you know, like there are some artists that I listen to their interviews more than their music. Right. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't getting no interviews and I want my interviews to be classic. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime that I'm speaking with somebody, I wanted to, tr- I, I want to try to make that a really memorable documentation, mm-hmm. you know, and I wasn't getting any. And I remember like mm-hmm. in, back in 2012, my first little interviews on like FIU Radiate FM, mm-hmm. like I wasn't really too enthusiastic, charismatic, mm-hmm. you know, so I was like, like ah. trying to be hard and shit. I was trying to be too cool, man. Yeah. 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 I was on that shit for years too, man. And you listen yeah. back and you're like, dog, there's nothing to this guy. You it's know? a little cringy. Yeah. I've never attempted to be cool. So it was like, cause I knew there was no way I could pull it off. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just like, you know, I leaned into my nerdiness. You know and, and you know what? That's great. I'd rather yeah. you just, the whole thing is like, just be you. Be genuine. Yeah. Right. Just, just be you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. anyone that tries to like downplay your nature, mm. Fuck that guy, mm. you know. Like, yeah. I'd rather you just be okay and be you. Like for a while, hip hop was like trying to, nah, bro. We gotta be capable of being hard, you know. Yeah. But then you have somebody like, mm-hmm. nah, like shit, bro. I just kind of want to be cool, bro. Ain't that serious? Yeah. 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 No, yeah. but I went through my little rock aware phase too and shit. You know what I mean? Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know my my Wu Tang boots and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I think it's for in a big part. I think it's a detriment. You know. Yeah. to to be so much about the ego because like when i think about the way i was back in the day that's not to say that that's not true to my personality also like I'm, there's a part of me that's egotistical mm. um but back then it was it just dominated the the whole scenario you know what i mean the pie chart yeah whereas like now i think i, I think the more vulnerable you become the more likable you are you know but have you noticed mm. that like people that are already legends they downplay what they do like oh oh this whole thing right and it's like but then people that aren't legends yet, they big up what they do. Of course. You know? Because yeah, like, you're shooting up. Right. Yeah. And then, like, people that are already fucking um, making millions of dollars. Oh, yeah, I think I made a pretty good song. It's like, yo, bro, you're patronizing your audience. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> I know. I know. You know that what you're doing is amazing. You know? Mm-hmm. So they that, be acting like they don't remember and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. You know? like that, <laughs> And that's why I really appreciate passionate interviews, like, by Kanye West by uh, Jay-Z. You know what I'm saying? These guys are unafraid of... You're not supposed to dim your light so other people feel like they shine brighter next to you. You're mm-hmm. supposed to be you. And that'll encourage everyone else to be them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I think uh, for a long time, like I struggled with that too. You know, like, uh, Or I don't know if you're saying you struggled with it, but I know I did. As far as jumping into positions of leadership, right? Like I always thought to myself like man if i were in charge i would do this i would do that you know but i never kind of jumped into the position and lately i just realized like sometimes it's really good to do that and sometimes no sometimes you want to let other people lead you know but 
it's good to be conscious of it and it's good to know when it's time for you to lead and and take that position you know yeah i feel like i've been given that position a lot of times just by life because sometimes that's the only way that you could get shit done you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like you're gonna have to try to delegate and and you know, get people to do your bidding in a to a to a sense. You know what I mean? Like it what sounds, the hell are you? it like sounds a, evil, an but arch villain and shit. No, but you know, <laughs> sometimes you got to put the target on the wall, and other people can help you shoot at I'm the target. Sorry. But use, but somebody's got to put the target on the that wall. That phrase you know? was very specific to like a Bond villain, like get people to do your bidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, I fuck with the Bond movies, man. Nah, but it's true, man. Like you want to place faith in people, mm-hmm. and you want to give them a, a job. <clears throat> You but know? you want but mm-hmm. um, to do that you have to put yourself in that leadership position. So I think like part of that also for me anyway when I've been in that leadership position it's because I'm the one that established what the goal is. So who's going to go harder for that goal than me? I'm the one that's trying to get it done so I got to put myself in that position mm-hmm. to get it done, you know? mm-hmm. But then also at the same time like you want people to help you reach this goal. And in your mind, you're like, yo, this goal is lucrative. Like, y'all help me achieve this and we all eat. This is for us. Correct. We all yeah, eat. Yeah. Of course. But, of course. But then in the back of your mind, you're like, but don't y'all forget, this is my idea. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, this, is, right. this is me here. You know what I'm saying? You get precious about it. And then you want to, like, give somebody a job, like, aces in their places, you know? Hey, listen, I, I noticed you're not afraid to talk to people, so you're going to do this. And I noticed you're mad organized, so you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you give people these jobs these like and whether you pay them or they're just down to rock with you mm-hmm. but then when they fuck up you're starting to look at that automation like damn you know like mm-hmm. i don't know if i want to keep paying this person or if i just want to learn to do it myself mm-hmm. and if you're not paying them and they fuck up it's like even worse because it's like you can't even really say nothing right you know right that what are you gonna back, say yeah. you're, like, you're not paying the guy that goes back to paying retail for stuff you know right I mean? right exactly mm-hmm. and you know for a while i struggled with that man like mm-hmm. in 2014 mm-hmm. i had dropped my first album around midnight Mm -hmm. and at that time i was rocking with a certain like i wasn't making my own beats yet Mm -hmm. uh full time maybe at least so i was rocking with like some producers and they're all great you make all your own shit now right now i do now i do everything yeah Mm -hmm. like every single thing yeah yeah um but but leading up to that i was i was working with people and that got i was working with a lot of people like i'll reach out to like i said frank socorro he was engineering mixing my shit Mm -hmm. nixon draz uh, this guy, that guy pr- producing. My ex girlfriend was savvy with like camera work, and I had all these people that were that were uh, skillful in their field. Right. And that got to my head, and I was like, "Yo, what's up? Like, ain't y'all rocking with me?" And I kind of like the ego kept getting fed because right. you know what I'm saying. And right. it, it got to the point where I started to become like tyrannic, hmm. you know. And I didn't realize that till it was too late. And now those people moved on and I found myself by myself. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, mind you, man, like the whole story leading up to from that to where I am now is the whole thing. Right. But the the pros and cons to now learning how to do everything yourself is that you just become mad lonely. Mm. Right. You know, right. like you don't need nobody and then you call them. But since they're not working with you, they're occupying their time on their own dreams. Yeah. And now... You're not a priority for them when you call, and they don't got no reason to call you either. Yeah. And they just kind of move on, you know? But I find that the years that I was, like, feeling like that were also some of my more productive years, you know, as far as at least creating music. Like, I I, I discovered somewhere around, like, when, when I stopped doing, like, the ID4 shit and I was, like, exploring my solo shit for the first time, that's when I really got, um, I lost my train of thought right now. <laughs> 
You got we were productive during those years. No, that's when I discovered that um sometimes showing some vulnerability mm-hmm. I think goes a long way with to to creating your your the kind of music that you want to create, you know. I, I don't know if I worded that the right way, but it's like with ID four, right? When I was doing my group shit, I was performing strictly off ego. I was writing strictly off ego and intellect. And I feel like when I started doing my solo shit I was uh, writing off emotion more than I was doing, you know, or at least uh, to a bigger, to a uh, larger degree than I was doing it before, you know? Yeah, because when you was in the group, it was more braggadocious. And then, yeah, you're trying to like outshine the next guy yeah, and, yeah. you know, yeah, you're trying to get the best verse on the song. And, yeah. and then when you're by yourself, it's, it becomes more therapeutic and you start right. to really explore these things. Right. You know, and it was the same thing for me too, man. Like when I was rocking with everyone and also at that time in hip hop, it was really trendy to just... Be the dopest just rapper, bro. You want to come up with the illest similes and how to flip this with that. And then now, it's funny. Like, now, I I can't even listen to battle rap no more. I'm so tired Hmm. of... Why? Of... When I listen to somebody and battle somebody now, their their approach, their whole, like, word association and how they do the invisible gun Mm -hmm. and this and that. The hand gestures fucking... Annoy the shit out of and me. And whenever they say headshot, I cringe, bro. And the thing is, is that these guys are amazing writers. But if I hear that same style writing on a record, I will not be able to enjoy it. Yeah. Like, And then you have guys like, you know, like uh, Eminem, for example, right? Where he'll say something like uh, on, on the song Yellow Brick Road. Eminem went from Slim Shady battle rap style rapping to intricate storytelling. And I gravitate more towards that. Where the punchline to me was rhyming a literal thing to, to continue the story with where the story was at. To me, that's the new punchline to me. Like mm-hmm. not not having to make something fictional up to paint a fictional picture. Right. But more like finding things in the actual room that rhyme perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think for me, it's like I stopped giving a fuck about being nice. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of told myself like, look whatever you're gonna write it's gonna be good but just like come from a different place like when when i was trying to be nice and i hear it when i say nice i mean i was like trying to be like like show off i was trying to show off or whatever i listen to it now and it has no replay value for me you know and the stuff that you write from the soul it's like that shit sticks yeah you know? for sure yeah. See, I, I i'm not an artist but i would guess that the song or the beat would dictate a lot of what you want to do you know what i mean right yeah, but it's up. But you know, it's up to you. Like, also, what kind of beats you pick, too. Yeah. You know, you're not strictly a slave to the beat. You know, if something doesn't fit a particular mood, you could just skip it. Right. But I think. I think the mood comes first. So the beat doesn't like dictate exactly what you're gonna do lyrically. And what's funny about that now, mm-hmm. like, like for me right now, is like, so with the music that I make, because mm-hmm. you said you heard the project, right? You're yeah. listening to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no intention on making no cl- club. Ba- I don't even go to the club. I have no right. place making a club record. Right. Okay. I don't even listen to the radio. So for me to make, like, it's funny, like, when people try to... What's a club record, though, in your mind? You got to start off a song saying, I'm up in the club, and go from there, <laughs> you know? But for example, like, there are certain Kendrick songs that get played in the club. True. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, But... But there's only look. There's only one Kendrick though. I think what what mm-hmm. Art is saying right is like there's a certain template 
for club records and there's a template for like a radio okay. record. So more of the cookie cutter club right. record stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas when I hear a beat, mm-hmm. what I what goes through my head when I hear a beat that I'm gonna write to is like no no lie. Mm-hmm. I write like it's I write music like it's posthumous already. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I write music knowing that I'm when I when I no longer can make music they're gonna look back at the music i made and that'll be the story of my life you gotcha. know so you're trying to capture like a moment yeah because I, I i got this close to not ever being able to do that again you mm-hmm. know yeah so i'm not gonna you know what i'm saying yeah. i'm not gonna slip yeah what are you, know? what are you referring to exactly because when i got arrested okay you know so this whole new appreciation for just being able to to, to be here mm-hmm. you know is like so it's such a gratifying thing when i hear a record i'm like all right word you know, like I rode the bike, rode the bike to the beach and got rained on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you and, and what, the result of writing songs like that, you listen back and being like, damn, this is the real human experience. You mm-hmm. know, like being in the club is a part of the human experience, too. Mm-hmm. But you're only in the club one night a week. The right. rest of the time, you're just living your life. What do you play for those times? Right. Right. You know? And if you're not in the club, like you say, you don't go to the club. I don't go to the club. Right. So if I make a track for the club. I'm a hypocrite because what experience am I speaking of, dog? Like the club from Club Space from 2004, bro? Been kicked out of there a couple of times. Yeah, a few times. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, be true to, to what you actually do in your writing, too. You know, and that's one of the things that I appreciate about your music. It's always been, and, and for as long as I've known you, too, like, I've, I don't think I've ever heard your ego songs because it yeah, seems no. like every song on your project is like on some personal shit, you know? Yeah. And, but at the same time, like, when I perform live, like the 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 muscle of all those records you really hear I can perform some of these records mm-hmm. where the the beat is super hard I'm performing it with conviction but what I'm saying is not egotistical for the most part cuz there are some mm-hmm. times where I just want to be like yo don't forget like I also I'm very nice at what I do right mm-hmm. but that's it ain't about that you know what I'm saying right so <laughs> it's tr- bigger than that son <laughs> yeah i mean at least i try to sometimes you know like whatever like I think about if I were to perform at a festival, what songs would I perform? And you go on title and you'll see like, you know, Jay-Z can perform for two and a half hours and they're all like classic, amazing records. But then you got cats like Atmosphere who also could perform for two hours and all their songs are the total opposite side of the spectrum. You know what I'm saying? Or like an Aesop Rock. These guys, they perform like ill records, but they're about, they're all like, head like, like mental music you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. right so yeah. yeah it doesn't have to be egotistical for it to be good live you know what i mean right. i'm just saying like i've never but there's ego to rap though like that's another thing you know what i mean like rap has always been a little bit braggadocious it has and, it has yeah. so so it's kind of something that still it permeates in rap you know what i mean like you still hear songs about you know, this is the topics have just changed. It's now like, look at my eyes, look at my teeth, look at whatever. You know. What I mean? You know what's funny, man? When I first saw you perform, I, like I didn't, I didn't know you. I didn't know who you were. You know what I'm saying? It was at Eve. I think it was like around 2010 or something like that. I saw you perform at Eve, and the first thing I thought was, oh, he kind of sounds like Drake. I swear that's the first thing I thought <laughs> when I when I heard you perform. And like listening back now, now that I that I know your music, I know your your records. Like, 
you don't sound like Drake at all, obviously, your style. But I think what, what was making me believe that was like the honesty and the vulnerability in what you were saying. Oh, and the melody too. Melodic raps. Mm. A little bit, yeah. But it's yeah. like uh, Drake was one of those first guys, him and Kanye, you know, that were like not afraid of being like soft per se. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, like a, Or quote unquote soft. Like, like, like vulnerable. Being vulnerable. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. And, and like... I saw that from you the first time I saw you perform. And my mind went to Drake because he was the only one doing that at the time. You know? And you know what's funny, man? In 2007, um, the first time that I ever saw Drake, right, mm-hmm. was for the song that he had with Jamie Foxx, like, Digital Girl. Like, I remember Amy. She used to aim me. Uh, uh, referencing, like, mm-hmm. like, the AIM messenger. And, and then I was like, yeah. okay. But he was melodic too, and then my boy uh, Drew had, you know, he really like was like, "Yo, this guy Drake, blah blah blah." But that the first the first stigma that people had with me comparing me to Drake was that I was vo- like my vulnerable raps, but they were also melodic. Oh, so you've heard this before? Yeah, I've heard oh, it no for, shit. The last, for the last in the beginning of like I don't hear it no more because obviously I you know people recognize that that I am me, not a copy of anyone else. Yeah, but yeah. like. In the beginning, you always you always try to find something to compare something to, mm-hmm. right? You know, that's how we kind of simulate. Yeah, it's just it's, that's it's how just, your mind works, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. How do you describe something? You, you you need something to compare what you're what you're trying to describe. To. Yeah, yeah. And when you're pitching a movie, it says, "Yo, this is Pulp Fiction meets Indiana Jones." You right. Know? Yeah. But like when but like when Drake first came out, the fact that he was doing melodic raps was a very uh, like. Uh, dominant criteria to describe his shit by mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but dmg we i remember the day that drop hit us up and sat us all down and was like yo i know y'all be rapping and shit but i know y'all can sing so i, I need y'all to try to put that together and we sat there and like started to structure our flows mm-hmm. more like easy to be harmonic with it mm-hmm. and we've been doing that since 2005 Mm-hmm. But and for a while you try to like take credit like now yeah, we was the first we we weren't the first bro like Bone Thugs and Harmony was the first right and then after that like even Eminem got melodic and then Fifty and mm-hmm. Nelly and mm-hmm. right for sure you know but like I guess none of those guys were except Eminem were like allowed themselves to be vulnerable and down tempo and kind of like uh, crooning right and I was also doing that. And then Drake came along and just completely popularized it. And now he's, he, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. And now he gets the credit. And, and people say you sound like Drake when you, even though you've been doing it before Drake. Right. And, then, you know, I don't even get mad, bro, because, like, as long as they're enjoying my music, I don't care what they say about it. Yeah. But you know? that was, it was like, it became very obvious to me that you sound lo- nothing like Drake after I got familiar with, with your music. You yeah, know what I mean? No, but it's just funny that that's like the first impression I had. I just, yeah. Yeah, the it's mus- all good, The man. music is unique. So, you know, I, I didn't hear that at all. What, if, what I heard today, which was uh, Transit City. Is that yeah. Transit City, yeah, man. Um, and I, I thought the songs were mad original. That's what stood out the most, actually. I was like, wow, this is like a really unique flow. Like, I like this a lot. Yeah. You know, man, the thing with Transit City, bro, is like, like the project that I put out before Transit City was 1202. Mm-hmm. And I put out, I was telling Dr- Shadi about this, like, I put out 1202 mm-hmm. as like a possible, like, final project because I didn't know how much time I was going to get sentenced to. Okay. And I was like, you know what, man? Let me just, let me just 
tell the, the story of my life while I have the chance to, and then whatever, I'll just face the music, you know? Mm-hmm. And then after I did the time that I did and I got out, mm-hmm. and it was this, this rejuvenating, this new sense of appreciation of life. And, you know, when you get out, you have to get approved by a probation officer. They'll inspect the home you're going to be in. Mm-hmm. You can't be in a crib with any weapons, any drugs, alcohol, or under the same roof of someone else that's done time or also on probation, so a convicted felon, whatever. So my so mm. those categories really narrowed down that the only person the only people I can stay with mm. was my grandfather and my godfather in Vero Beach, right? Mm-hmm. And my aunt. So I was there for two months, right? Mm-hmm. And I was working at Applebee's. Cause that's the thing, when you're on probation, like you gotta keep a job, mm-hmm. you gotta be easy to find, right? right. And not be into in, in any trouble, right? Mm-hmm. So I was in Applebee's and I wasn't really making much money there. Like, uh, I would serve and I'll walk home with like 30 bucks because mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, you know, it's just, they, they're, they're, Applebee's ain't no chilies. You know what I'm saying? Right. Did they make you wear a bunch of buttons on your shirt? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't really like <laughs> bothered by it. Right. But like, whatever, I, I'm no, working, I'm just, you know? I just always find that kind of curious. But it, it, it reminds me of uh, in Wayne's world when he's like, I have an extension, an extensive collection of name tags and hair nets and you see this like big behind this door so like but i was like man you know this ain't cutting it bro like i need to be in miami bro because Mm -hmm. there's more going on in miami and i can make more money there my whole network's there whatever so i hit up so i hit up this hotel that i worked at 10 years before like oh what's up like you know you guys need need anybody for the overnight shift blah 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 and Mm. i negotiated with them to let me stay there too Mm. so i you know what i'm saying like like, like a chess move like yeah i'll have a place to live Mm -hmm. and a place to work at that's very close to home Mm -hmm. you know that's great yeah but when i was there i'm here mind you i'm like fresh out of doing my doing my little time like super happy to just be out Mm -hmm. and i i hit up everyone that i know like yo i'm in town i'm in town but like people are living their lives and no right. one no one was really making time to come kick it with me. Right. And that that loneliness. Imagine like seeing a bunch of a hundred people every day staying at the hotel and you have no connection with none of them. Right. You know? It's like I guess what it would be like moving to a new city or something like that, you know? Right. Yeah. And and then like I work the overnight shift. So while I'm sleeping, the rest of the city's active. Right. And then when I'm awake, they're all sleeping. And all I see is just a taxi cab going down Biscayne Boulevard and I'm just there's no connection, yeah. you know? And I'm here talking with a friend of mine, like, venting about it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm like, yeah, you know, damn. Like, everyone is, I, I can't have 10 minutes with somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's moving. Everyone's just occupied with their own lives. And he was like, yeah, bro, Miami's a transit city. What can, what can you say? Boom. And I sat there looking at that like, fuck, you know? Mm. And... I made that whole project. It's seven songs, right? Mm-hmm. Produced, written, recorded, mixed, mastered, everything. I did that whole project in like 10 days. Wow. You know? Mm. I, I, Holy I, shit. What I did was I sat at the front desk with my my uh, machine, uh, Mark III, mm-hmm. and I went on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I, I just looked up a random video, and I sampled everything off of YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I like the way it sounds sampling from youtube because you get that low fidelity right you know right right it's, it's like pretty a, cool like a, almost like a it's old not, tape machine it's not a it's not pristine audio right right you know right. it's like low fidelity i prefer that sound me too yeah 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 it, there's something about like it, it takes me to a place where i could just picture like 
people recording in a fucking basement or in a bedroom or some Word. shit like that. Yeah. Like, and, and, yo, you'll be surprised, bro. Like some of the most influential hip hop. Like the MF Dooms and the Rizzas, that's how they do it, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they're not. Yeah. But what's funny is you see videos of them in high quality, high end studios, but they're, like, they're not using. But like, it comes out super grimy. Three quarters of that <laughs> yeah, shit. It's yeah, funny, like, bro. Yeah. They bring their own VCR and shit. Yeah, for real, it's funny, bro. You know, so like whatever. Like I, I would, I would make the beat while at work, right? And it takes me like I don't know, like 10, 15 minutes to make a whole beat. I don't overdo it. Mm. And then, damn, I would pace up and down the sidewalk writing. And then I'll get out of work mm-hmm. and I got to walk my dog mm-hmm. and I drop him off. And then I was like, you know what, man? I'm kind of becoming a hermit here in the hotel, bro. Uh, shit, I need to get out. So I, I went to Walmart and I bought one of those $100 bikes, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I rode the bike back from Walmart. And the bike tire was so cheap that I caught a flat on the way home from there. <laughs> oh, shit. From buying it. From buying it. Uh, so I shit. turned around and returned it. I just got another one. <laughs> and then I took a different route Walmart. in case there was any broken glass, you know. All right. So then, I had, so now I had my bike, and because I had just gotten out, you know, mm-hmm. like when I was arrested, I I had a Scion XB, mm-hmm. and the girl that I was with, we like even though I was making all the payments on it, it was under her name because she had better credit. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, like we were we were able to get it with yeah. her right, under right, her right. name, of you know? course. Yeah. So when we broke up, and I got arrested, she had to go pick up the whip, mm-hmm. and she was like. I'm keeping it, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, you know what? Fine, you know, yeah. take it. God bless you. Yeah, right. So I had no whip, so I bought the bike, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, you know what, man? Let me just ride the bike to the beach. I live close enough to it. It was like six miles. Right. And like, while riding my bike to the beach, I'm writing the rhymes in my headphones, mm-hmm. and then I'll arrive to the beach. You soak in this, mm. the waves and the sand and the smell. Yeah. And you see the people, you see people from out of town just enjoying their little umbrella. Mm-hmm. Let cooler. me tell you, man, there's, it's funny you say that, man, because like there's something about having a bicycle be your main form of transportation yeah. that gets you really like your, your creative juices flowing. Like I rode a mm-hmm. lot of the blackest roads on the bike in yeah. New York. That was my main mode of transportation in New it's York. It's wild, yeah. right? It's yeah. like something happens there. You're just not going, discovered you're going. Trick. You're going faster than walking, but slower than driving. So right. it's like you can still kind of smell the roses, yeah, but not dwell on it. Right, you know? yeah. right, right. So, man, and that's why, look, one of the times on the way back from the beach, I caught a storm and I got across a bridge, right? Mm-hmm. And mind you, this is all mad therapeutic because I'm here soaking in my freedom, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And this new appreciation for just life, bro. Mm-hmm. So I'm on top of this bridge that you cross over on 79th Street to go to the beach. Because mm-hmm. 79th turns into 71st when you when you get to the North Beach, right? Okay. You cross a bridge. And on top of the bridge, I'm just admiring the view of the water. And the wind, like, blew off this hat that I was wearing. And the hat was gone, bro. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to the song on uh, All We Are, mm-hmm. I'm, telling, I'm telling that story as I'm writing to that beat. So, like, it became kind of like a journal entry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's awesome, man. That's exactly yeah. where music should come from. You know? Yeah, I agree. Word. Yeah. So, yeah, know? I don't think the aim should ever be like, let's try to write a banger. You know what I mean? But I think sometimes like it's about finding the spaces in the song. Right. Because I think what makes a banger a banger a lot of times is that it's not trying to like be over crammed with things. You know what I mean? And the other thing is saying what you want to say with as much simplicity as possible right like trying not to 
oversay it, I guess. Well, there's a definitely there's like a high wire act that you're doing because like you want to show that you're technically proficient, but you want to be saying stuff, you know, and you can tell when somebody's just trying to rhyme three words together mm-hmm. just because they rhyme like you know mm-hmm. the setup will be weird right whereas like and that's i feel like where my writing style changed is where i, I stopped writing like setup punchline setup punchline i just started just writing mm-hmm. stream of thought mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that's why i like the blackest rose bro like the blackest rose is this mm-hmm. like you spaz on that that whole project is just this lightning in a bottle bro like it seems that way at least to the listener like mm-hmm. you can tell that you're like yo bro like when you when you was like i used to uh what is it i used to rhyme in h2o's backyard thought i was gonna be a rap star yeah. like it's such a modesty that's so fucking profound bro you but know? that's the first time i had done that like and that's why i like the blackest rose because like that's the first project but aside from life after love but that was very specific to like heartbreak you know but Blackest Rose, I feel like, is the first one that I really wrote the whole thing, like, from the heart and not from the brain. You know what I mean? Mm. I tend to go intellectual with with a lot, just the way I think and stuff. But mm. that one, I tried to go more from the heart. And, and spe- like, specifically that song that you're talking about, Dream, I'm literally talking about how I failed as a rapper, dog. That's what the song is about. You know, how you, like, quote, unquote, failed as a rapper. You know, looking at it now, I don't have that perspective mm-hmm. because, you know that music is still there and no one can take that away from me, you know? But that, but that's, that's the great thing about like, about how music, you don't have to have the same perspective of that song forever. That song was a documentation of like that time. Yeah. You know? Like that song is the release date of that song is like the, you know, like the journal entry. Yeah. 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 The journal entry. Right. Mm-hmm. Yo, listen, the way I felt then is what's the release date. Yeah. I could imagine me feeling that way five years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, right, right. so yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is, man. Yeah, I think if you try to appease the majority of the people, you end up with pop music. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what it is. Like, and if you don't want to do pop music, then you should kind of aim in the right direction. You know what I mean? And like, be like, okay, I, I'm I want to make it, but my level of making it or my definition of making it is not going to be the same as making a pop song if that's not what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I don't have anything against people that go that route where they just want to make the biggest music. Right. You know? Because, yeah. bro, it's all good, bro. Music, in theory, like, when the song comes on, if everyone in the world can enjoy it, yo, you did, you fucking spaz on that, bro. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you if you press play on a song and, like, the majority of the that crowd can't identify with it, but you got a group over here that starts crying because mm-hmm. you just pierced their soul, mm-hmm. you know? That's also a win, but in a different way. Agreed. No, I agree. Yeah. Totally different win. Yeah. Man, but like, yep. whatever, man. Like, like uh, uh, before we wrap up on this Transit City thing, I wanted to tell y'all, mm-hmm. right? Like, the thing is, is that with the whole concept of Transit City, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, we live in Miami and a lot of people come from out of, from, from out of town, other countries, and you have people that you grew up with that you aren't really friends with anymore. People break up. You quit a job. Now these people that you had conversations with every day to pass the time, you don't really chop it up with that much anymore. And you have to be okay with that. With You have to be okay with things coming to an end and allowing them to move on. Mm-hmm. You know? Because if you try to hold on to people, like, that, that's going to make them tug away from you. Like, fuck. Like, get away, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. figuratively. And you don't want that. But you, I... 
You don't want to be high maintenance. Nobody wants like a high maintenance friend. That's you know what, what I mean? was going to yeah. say. I think as part of it too is that we've lost a lot of that like, oh, we need to maintain this friendship kind of feeling that we used to have as people, right? Like if you didn't hear from a friend back in the day, you'd start calling their phone or whatever, right? Now it's like, oh, they must be busy. Like I'll just see them on Facebook or I'll see them on Instagram, you know, whatever. And we'll yeah. connect eventually. So like it's a, there's not a sense of urgency anymore. It's just more like, you know? Yes. Uh, and that, uh, that understanding that mm-hmm. people are just living their lives, bro. Like, look, bro, Earth is just, we're, we're in this little rock hurtling through space, bro. Yeah. We're all, essentially, we're all drifting, Yeah, you know? So uh, coming to t- when I came to terms with that, it just made me look at everybody. Like, they're a lot doper of people, you know? Like, wow, man, I, I get it, you know? Yeah. Like, and I, f- I feel like I really was able to capture that understanding. And I, I did it in, in a week, bro, Transit City. Like, you know what, it's man? Crazy. Let me just be at peace with being alone you know because when i was drifting around the country i wasn't at peace but i was still alone right you know and those rest stops in wyoming are lonely bro yeah yeah you know but sometimes saying? that's when the best art comes out man i agree for sure hell yeah i missed it i can't wait to go back bro but yeah. at, at this time I, I, but i'm at peace now so i'm gonna revisit those same rest stops yeah. with a different perspective you know but, so talk to me about this van life because i've seen you posting about it you got you got the van and shit and, and yeah yeah, yeah, van life, bro. Listen, I'm not living in it full time because, again, I'm on probation right now. So you have to have a crib, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I am staying somewhere. But, like, the thing is, man, is that I don't even own enough belongings to merit an apartment. You get <laughs> mm-hmm. me? I don't, ha- mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have a sofa. I don't have a table, mm-hmm. you know, an entertainment center. Mm-hmm. I don't have a big screen TV. I got an iPad, an iPhone, and a laptop, right? And the only thing that I occupy my free time with is making music, filming, editing, and sleeping and working out. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even have enough time to give a girl the time she deserves, bro. Right. Women deserve to be prioritized because they're that's a, that's a whole human being, bro. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. So right now, I'm just kind of like, you know what, man? An artist at my level of career needs to be touring anyway. Mm-hmm. We need to be on the road as much as possible. If, if you can do it, if you don't have a kid mm-hmm. and you don't have a mortgage, you should probably. It's just my perspective because I'm not hating on nobody, and I'm not trying to justify why I chose to get this van mm-hmm. to be like condescending to everyone else that's not no, living no, this life. Yeah, 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 for sure. But the thing is, is that people associate van life with people that don't want to, that just kind of want to bum around. It's the total opposite. I got two jobs. I got multiple sources of income. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the idea of giving a thousand dollars a month to some guy so I can have a place to sleep. Right. I don't like that. Right. You know, especially when I I'm only there five hours a day because I work so much. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather spend those five hours, like, at the spot that I'm at right quick, helping helping my family, yeah. or just crashing in my van in between those jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I and while I'm kind of like getting out of debt. And saving up money, and I finally get off probation. I don't need to get the van at that point. I got it already, and I'll be used to it. Right. So I can just hit the road, have all my shit with me to be able to create, 
and so. save save money on hotels, bro. So anyone that wants to book me, you know, we can work <laughs> it out, bro. I have a I'm low maintenance. Yeah. You know? But that's important though, man, especially like when you're doing it low budget without a fucking, you know, marketing budget to to actually get you out there and a publicist and all that other shit. You got to really physically go around, man, and, and meet people, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you do, bro. And also, you know, uh like some of the things that I invested in was like you know, you make music, so you invest in your studio setup, right? And nowadays, it's all home studio. You got your MacBook, your mic, your little mic stand, your headphones, and your interface. Mm. That's all it. All expensive shit. Right? Yeah. And all that fits in a little duffel. Yeah. Then you got your camera setup. That's another duffel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I invested in like li- a live music setup. Because there's been a couple times that I'll perform somewhere, and the mics don't aren't good. Mm-hmm. And the sound man ain't really taking it too seriously. Mm. So I was like, fuck it, bro. I'm going to get my own setup. Mm-hmm. I have the same mixer y'all got, mm-hmm. you know, and I have my, my own mics. And then I was uh, like, oh, you know what? I might as well get a PA system, too. So that way I can do an in-store. Damn, you got a party on wheels, pretty much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if I want to do an in-store at a skate shop, they mm-hmm. don't got to rent a DJ. I can just kind of pull up. Right. That's super cool. You know? Yeah. So when I had all these things, it's funny because you get these things and you have this like relief, right? That you don't have to depend on nobody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If anything, I can just pay pay this guy. He'll show up and make sure none of my shit gets water spilt on it. Right, or touched. Right. And if I tell you to turn this thing down, just turn it down right quick. Right, right, right. right. You know, and yeah. it feels good like to be able, now instead of me reaching out to people to pay them, like they're trying to rent shit from me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and that happens from necessity. I'm in the same exact way. Like, you know, with the exception of like having Tev, but, you know, I would produce, you know, you know, obviously write the song, mix it, do the video, do everything else. Like, it's the same way. It's a certain freedom to becoming independent of anyone else. You Don't know? forget talent would ghostwrite for you. Yeah, that too. That too. But some of the best like songs that I feel that I wrote, I did by myself sitting in my room in the dark, you know what I mean? Like with no one else around and shit. And if I had to be in a studio with an engineer and with a whole team of people, I don't know that I would have gotten that same like creative spark to, right. to write certain songs. You know what I mean? Right. Because like, look, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? No, no, I was just going to say that um, sometimes that that alone time is exactly what you need. And then. Like sometimes you gotta minim- minimalize things in order to then grow from the right foundation, you know. So I, I mean, I've been through times where my couch was a backseat from a van, you know what I'm saying, and that was the couch in the house, you know what I mean. Um, to to where I am now, but yeah, there was a point where I had to reduce everything I had and, and take stock and then kind of rebuild, you know what I mean. So, and and you'd be surprised, man, like how little we actually need, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, really, no. you, you know, like you sit there and be like, yo, you know what? Like, I'm good, bro. Yeah. I, I don't need, man, it's so I could, crazy. I could stretch a box of Frosted Flakes, bro, for like a good, like, three, four days, you know what I mean? No, but in, in, like in New York, I lived in a bedroom, you know, in a fucking, uh, with a twin, like in a twin size bed and shit <laughs> like that. And yeah, you, you don't need much, man. I just yeah. went over there with my clothes and that's it. I sold my car, I sold everything and just moved out there, you know, same shit. Yeah, like when I was out in North California, like again, bro, like I I had the bread. I I would go on Craigslist and look up an apartment because I wanted to live there. Mm-hmm. And I meet up a guy that is renting his apartment, and he'll say, "Okay, well, well uh, what's your source of income?" And I'm looking at him like, "Uh, uh <laughs> music, bro." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't prove the money that right, I had, right. so I couldn't lock down a place. So then I had all my things in that Scion 
mm-hmm. and I was paying a hotel almost every night just to have a bed to live in. Mm-hmm. And there was this one place in Garberville, right? Garberville Motel. And they had a little spot in the back. It was like a two bedroom independent structure, right? And those guys, like the owners, are, the owners are like this really nice Middle Eastern family. You always smell the incense in the front desk, right? Mm-hmm. And you walk in and go, "Oh, listen, I'm gonna pay for another night." Hey, are you guys doing any any specials right now? Because I've 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 given y'all a hundred ten dollars every day for two months, and that's like a lot of money uh, for a hotel room. And they just look at me like, "Nope," you know. Yeah. We know what's up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're stuck. And you, so so I was fig- figuratively I was burning money to stay warm, right. you know. Mm, damn. And yo, all that money. Imagine all that money. Invested in like a little business, opening up a little laundry mat or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, just to that makes Vancouver sex and many I know just you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for real, North California needs a little Cuban spot, man, because yeah. all the Hispanic food there is Mexican. I want to open up a chain, but of, will it work? Of uh, fritangas inside malls called Fritz, and it's just gonna be like geared towards American. It's gonna have like a cute logo and shit. You think Americans fuck with fritanga? Like I don't that? know. I mean, who doesn't like fried cheese? The though? queso frito has potential. Yeah. That one has potential. Oh. I could see Americans. We'll do some variations on the fried cheese. Fried like, cheese with like a mango chutney, fried cheese with guava or some shit. It's hard to compete with the taco, man. I'm telling you, the taco is like the, best. the Latin answer to the hamburger. It's funny because like Taco mm. Bell they're the smartest ones. Their whole menu is like six ingredients. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, and they just flip it in different ways. Yeah, like how yeah. do you how do you want these ingredients folded? Right. You know? And that's it. <laughs> exactly. Like, they, true. you know, but like in California, the we only went to one Cuban spot in the entire state of California yeah. because I typed in Cuban cuisine in my in the GPS. Was it Porto's? I don't remember, bro. It was just this one spot in the middle of the fucking state and like on the way up to from San Francisco to Humboldt County, mm-hmm. it's like a four and a half hour drive, and we just stopped like in Santa Rosa or something, and we ate it, and it was cool. It was, yeah, it was Spanish food. Decent. Yeah, but like they need more of that because all they have in California seems to be just like Mexican. Mexican, food. yeah. There's even like the Chevron gas stations had has this little like uh, Mexican burrito kind of like mini restaurant there that, and they have like a couple tables. But Mexicans, more than anything, have become part of American culture, especially with the food. You know, like you'll find a Mexican spot literally anywhere. I feel like America is just like a big airport. You know, Mm. it has a little bit of everything. Right. You know, it has their little Italian food. I went to in San Francisco. I wanted to get some honey chicken. Right. So Mm. I I go to Chinatown and I look up Mm -hmm. where the signs aren't even in English no more. They're in Chinese. Right. You know, and you walk in there. And you're the only non-Chinese guy there. Right. And then you're like, hi, I want some honey chicken. Do you have that? And they look at you like, the fuck? Like, that, what are you doing here? That, that, <laughs> yeah, that's American Chinese food. We don't do that here. Oh, right? uh, okay. You oh, know, yeah. Honey they have like American Chinese. Yeah, for real. American Chinese, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like America is just a big airport where people come and share their little culture from where they're from here mm-hmm. and keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. You but, know? But there's nothing more predominant than tacos. You're right. Like Mexican food is the biggest Latin food. In, yeah, I'm telling in you, the, the United t- States. The taco is the answer to the hamburger. But and no. I don't I don't know if there's any other Latin food that's gonna be able to top Fritz. that. Fritz. Fritz. Fritz, you think it's you think that's soon, it? Two thousand twenty. I don't know, man. The made that notion is pretty fire, bro. It's oh, fire. You know I'm, not, I'm not saying it's the best. 
I'm just saying it's the most yeah. like marketable. You the know, taco is the most marketable. Yeah, I think. yeah, you're right. You know where I had a great medianoche recently was at this place, uh, Sandwich. Have you ever heard of that place? No. I, what do you Sandwich? I feel like that's that's the word sandwich in Spanglish. I like, know. Sandwich. Yeah. It's like they try to make it fancy and shit. Are you serious? <laughs> it's called Sandwich. That's what it's called. Yo. Uh, um, but it's spelled like S-A-N-G-U-I. I feel like this whole Miami flip on like blending English and Spanish is cool for a little while, but it's corny, man. Yeah, I'm not really fond of it. Spanglish. This whole like only in Dade thing Mm -hmm. where you people take out their phones and show just the most things that seems to only happen in South Florida. Like I encourage everyone to get it together, bro, because (laughs) it's not really cool after a while seeing the ridiculousness that shit happens down here. It's charming after a while, but when you're stuck in traffic because mm-hmm. some shit happens. Yeah. You what know? do you mean? Like you're talking about the naked guy that like bikes down the the freeway and yeah, shit? Yeah, just shit like that, bro. <laughs> just like, you know, I feel like, you know what it is, man? Is that like, I love my city so much mm-hmm. that I want people to take a little bit more pride in it, you know? So when I see all this ratchet shit happening, especially in Wynwood, right? or like I live in Little Haiti, right. and mind you, crazy shit happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. But... Like damn, bro. Like fuck, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like uh, this, this whole Florida man. Oh yeah, and, we, on, <laughs> and like only in date and like cars on fire. The and Florida shit. man's funny though. I'm not gonna front. That's it is, but it's like fuck, bro. Yeah. Like I, I've had, I have a couple <laughs> homies from out of state, right? And they'll send me like a, a screenshot of some crazy shit that happens down here, and they'll just tell me like, I hate your state, bro. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true, man. Florida's like the butt of the of the joke. You know, and yeah. like nationally. Yeah. yeah. It's a fucking shame. You got to just embrace it, though. I but think. I love it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I love it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I hate when things are like, like we've talked about this before, when people are like overly Miami to like and, and like trying to exploit that. You know, like I hate when when rappers do it, when rappers be like, oh, Dade County, this Dade County. It's like, all right, man. I get it. You're from Daytona. We're all from 305, bro. Yeah, yeah. I I got over that real quick. Like, mind you, every now and then, every now and then, especially when I'm out of state, Mm -hmm. I'll throw up the 305 in a photo just to rep home team. Yeah. But like the rest of the time, I'm just a regular ass person, you know? Do you know that the the OK sign is not considered racist? Really? Yeah. It was part the OK sign? Why? I have no idea. Oh, because it's like WP, like white power. Because it makes a WP. So this is now considered like a white nationalist thing. You know, man, I don't subscribe to none of that shit, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's crazy, but it's out there though. You know, man, I'm gonna tell you something, right? Like one time in North California in the grocery store there, right? So the grocery store rents DVDs up there Mm because there's not a lot of strong signals, there's not enough data to stream videos, right? Unless if you got money. Mm -hmm. So they'll rent little DVDs. And that same register where you rent your DVDs at, it, you do a money gram, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I had to go send some money out, right? And I'm waiting in line. And this transgender person um, cuts in front of me, you know, mm-hmm. to do something. And there were, there were other people in line too, but this person cuts in front of me. So it was up to and, you to say something. And, and, and immediately, you know how like you just like instinctually go, yo, bro. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. And like, I, I turn this person, all I see is a figure in my peripheral and I, on my right side, and I turn, I pan right uh-huh. as I say, yo, bro, you cut in front of me. And I noticed it was a transgender person that was 
trying to be a woman, you know? Right. <laughs> and he like struggled with that one. <laughs> and uh and then this person turns over to me and goes, I'm a woman, loud. And everyone breaks neck and looks at me calling this this person okay. Yeah, like misgendering, I, yeah, misgendering. misgendering That's yeah, what they call yeah. it. Yeah. And then I'm here like what the fuck does I got to do with you cutting in line in front of me? Right. You know? Yeah. And at that point, when you misgendered, when I misgendered this person, she, she doesn't matter what she did. The fact that I misgendered her prioritized over her cutting of in course. line in front of, of me. Of course. Of course. So yeah. I don't really subscribe to this whole politically correct shit. Just don't cut me in line, bro. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Bro, and it's all like up to bro, miss, whatever. Just don't cut me. <laughs> or whatever, bro. Right. Like, like maybe breath. Whatever you know your what I mean? whatever your pronoun is, just yeah. don't cut in front of me. Yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. And, and like all I care about is decency. I don't you know, look, look, live your life, bro. Mm. But just still remember that you're you have to exercise decency. Yeah. But we're still we're still a society. Yeah, like, you know. yeah man. There's pushback against it though. I, again, like, you know, the fact that we're talking about it and the fact that you hear uh, there was a story in the news the other day because the the headline was uh, girls that speak out against transgender athletes participating in their sports are trying are being silenced. So like basically it was in support of these girls that are speaking out against, you know, having to compete against transgender athletes who are obviously male in a female sport and are dominating, you know, and mm -hmm. winning, winning the race every time. So um you know, I think there is pushback against it. And I think that there is a sense of normalcy or like a, a common sense that's going to push back and say, listen, we all respect whatever decision you want to make, but you can't go and change the entire system for a few people. But know? they already did. And now they're pushing back after the fact, though. And that's mm. what you got to remember. Like mm. they're already in the race. Right. They're already winning the fucking the, the race. There was a powerlifting uh, thing the other day where a transgender athlete like broke the fuck shattered the record of powerlifting. Right, it was a, like a dude that transitioned into a woman. It's like that's crazy. Have you heard the Dave Chappelle joke about that? Where no. he's like, I was in a club and I was made aware that there was some transgenders there, and I don't know if Dave Chappelle should be in a club with transgenders, so I try to make my way out of there. But one of them got mad drunk and fell and passed out. Yeah, and I was like, Oh shit, are you? Is he okay? And their friends turned to me and said, this is a woman. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. It's just when this person fell, her dick is showing. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. But it's like so arbitrary, too. Like, you don't even have to prove that you've had the, the gender reveal surgery or nothing. So you can literally wake up tomorrow and say, I'm a woman, and you'll be eligible to even looking exactly the way you look with a fucking beard and everything. Mm -hmm. You could say, I'm a woman, and, and, you know, they have to accept you, and you're eligible to, to compete in these things. It's, I, yeah. I forgot what rabbit hole I was going down on the internet. Uh, about this but I remember reading I don't know if I read the article or you know it's funny me saying this it sounds like the comment section in the Joe Rogan video like Joe I read an article once Rogan you know right 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 but like I don't know if it was a video I saw or an article I read but something about like these are signs of the end of a civilization bro mm -hmm. you know and that shit is scary to me mm. because I love America you know mm. but this whole thing of like trying to get socialism in America like, I'm Cuban, bro. I don't play that shit. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't play... Socialism is like a woman is pregnant for three months. And nine months later, she gives birth to full-blown communism. You know? Right. I don't play that shit, mm -hmm. you know? But mind you, 
the the average person that identifies as a socialist, most of the time, I feel like they're coming from a good place because they just want everyone to be okay. Of course. Right. But not all cars have high beams, bro. Yeah. Some are. cars have regular headlights that see 50 feet ahead. Right. Other cars have more foresight. Right. You know? Right, they're, and, um, they're misguided in their philosophy. Yeah. So, so when I see someone, I'm like, look, bro, I know you're coming from a good place. And because of that, I could appreciate where you're coming from. But... Like, let's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's be a little more objective yeah. here. Right. And I hope that they kind of maybe educate themselves on what happens in most socialist countries. Yeah. You know? Well, the thing is, too, that most of the people, well, all of the people that are, you know, advocates for socialism here in the States are also enjoying the fruits of capitalism. Man, I got into it with, with a homegirl of mine, like, because she's a Bernie fan, bro. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, it's very convenient for you to identify as a socialist mm -hmm. under the comforts of capitalism right you know so i hope you understand that you're kind of you know you're dipping your toe you know on both sides here yeah that's called a performative contradiction like you're you're saying one thing but your actions are saying a whole different thing yeah it's yeah. like antifa yeah you know like, yeah antifa is a it's, it's a crazy thing but, let me ask you now that now you now that you bring that stuff up this facebook ban of like certain figures have you have you seen anything about this yeah i saw a little bit about that so facebook banned alex jones infowars milo yiannopoulos um farrakhan, farrakhan yeah. yeah and a couple other people so where do you stand on that because like i'm in i'm in the middle of this like super heated facebook debate with like a bunch of people and it seems like it's me and maybe some one other person against like 15 16 different people that all basically hold the same view so yeah yeah nah, where are you at with that i don't rock with that at all man i feel like like look i don't have to agree with what you say right. but i'll fight to the death for your right to say it right yeah you know what i'm exactly. saying like america look bro try everyone's saying like for example everyone's saying oh i don't rock with any conservatives or any republicans because they rock with donald trump and fuck donald trump that's the way they they're so passionate on not wanting to hear anyone else come from the other side right right, right. but everyone that rocks with donald trump and a republican and conservative or old cubans that hate communism and they are totally for democracy they got to sit there and tolerate you saying fuck the way they think exactly mm -hmm. so exactly so it's like you so you can dish it but you can't take it right mm -hmm. and that's why i don't agree with people silencing alex jones or gavin mckinnis or this guy or that guy it's like look bro Somebody needs to make an app called Bitter. It's like Twitter, but everyone's allowed. You know? <laughs> Only extremists. But but look, that's that's kind of like the point that I'm getting at, right? So Facebook, Twitter, these platforms now constitute the public square. Hmm. You know, what's known and like our civil rights, you know, under the constitution is to be able to say whatever you want in the public square. My argument is in 2019, Facebook and Twitter have become the public square. That's where the public discourse is taking place. Right. So every American should have a right to be on Twitter. But then you, you would want the government to come in and get involved with Twitter and say, okay, you know, we got to come in and regulate this because you guys are just banning people and that's not right. Yes, I would say that it should be subject to the laws of the Constitution. I think at this point, Facebook and Twitter have become 
public utilities, but basically. Sh- but then aren't you telling them how to run their company? And isn't that I am. what you stand for? I am. Well, listen, I'm not beholden to any ideology, though, man. Right. Like, that's not the way I think. I don't mm. think that, oh, because a libertarian would believe in this, then I have to believe in it, too. No, no. I, you know, you got to take each situation as it comes. So, like, as much as I'm a small government guy, mm-hmm. if there's any one thing that the government should get involved with, it's fucking basic constitutional free speech laws. But wouldn't this kind of wouldn't this be kind of equivalent to, like, the government having their own public access channel, right? Like... On public access channel, the government, you know, you have freedom of speech, whatever, you know what I mean? Mm. Wouldn't wouldn't they have something kind of like that and just let Facebook ban whoever they want and, and Twitter ban whoever they want and they have their public access and they can have whoever they want? Well, the problem is that, you know, Facebook and Twitter are basically monopolies. Mm-hmm. The government could set up whatever website it wants. Like, people right. are not going to go go on that shit. The Agreed. truth is that people are on Facebook and Twitter. So Facebook and Twitter have a legal, there's a legal matter too, right? Right. They call themselves platforms, but by banning people and by essentially allowing who gets to be on it and who doesn't, mm-hmm. they're acting as publishers. And a platform and a publisher are subject to different laws. You know, it's one thing that I don't like how people approach uh, debating. They'll try to take some extreme example to justify their point, right? Mm-hmm. So if I say something like, everyone should be allowed on Twitter, even if y'all don't agree, someone will be like, well, are you going to let a rapper get on your song if you don't agree with what they're saying? Right. And it's like, mm. uh, no, that, that uh, argument you know, doesn't work right. because Facebook is a different type of platform. It's a platform. Yeah. They'll usually, your song is not a platform, bro. You are the go, dictator of your song. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'll usually go to like, oh, would you let Hitler on there or something like that? Say whatever he wanted. You know, like well, some extreme case. Well, you know like, what I would counter is like anti-Semitic shit. You know? I know. But you know what I would counter is. You can buy Mein Kampf at fucking Barnes and Noble. Right. Is anything that, you know, Alex mm-hmm. Jones is saying Bars. worse than Mein Kampf? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we hold Barnes and Noble responsible for for what's, in, you know, within the contents of that book? No. Yeah, it seems like that's and, the and, next step, right? And you book, know what, man? Book like, burning or some bullshit. Nah, know? but like Google exists, bro. Like people and all their ideas. All these things exist, man. Yeah. It just depends on like if you want to go down that rabbit hole, that's on you, bro. You know, if right. you, if you don't want to hear no anti-Semitic shit, don't follow no anti-Semitic people. And right. That's it. Right. And so if anything, it's the retweet feature that's toxic because I might follow you because I not, like. Now you're exposed to my views and shit with and who I retweet. Right. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, man, like. I think you just figured out the whole problem, son. I, I might have. Yes. Retweet? Yeah, but yes. retweet is is so like in, intrinsic now as like a form of social currency that they'll never get rid of that shit. Twitter hit I us fe- up. I feel like, like uh, okay, so my friend Kimber, right? He did this one thing this one time that kind of fucked me up in a good way. On his skateboard, he put a stencil of the, what do you call the upside down star with a circle? The Star of David? No, uh, it's a satanic symbol. What do you oh, call it? Uh, yeah, pentagram, I, I think. The pentagram. Yeah. Okay, yeah. he put that there, right? And I was like, damn, what's up, fool? You're a Satanist? And he said, no, but it challenges how faithful you are. You know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, mm. word. Yeah. You know? I could be in a room full of a bunch of communists, and I, I'm not a fan of communism, but being around them makes me only appreciate capitalism more. Mm-hmm. You know, and right. if I don't like being in that room, I'll just walk out, bro. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And that should be how these public platforms operate. Like, if you don't like what's going on over here, and go over there, right. but allow people their space to exist. Yeah. Because one day they might change their minds. 
But I also think it's not their fault that they became the public forum. And I think once you allow the government to come into a private entity and start to regulate things, you're opening a door to another dangerous thing also. So I'm not saying that I don't agree with you that it is the public forum or that there should be freedom of speech there. I'm just questioning how that would be accomplished, you know, and in a way that isn't harmful in another way. You know, I would. I would assume that a majority of people communicate more on Facebook than they even do on their phone, right? So, like, that's like me telling you that, that that's like the phone company, like Verizon, telling you that you can't say that you you're not allowed access to the phone because they don't like what you're saying on your phone. Right. The fact is, they're gonna sell you a phone, and you have access to a phone even if you're using it to plot a murder, dude. Okay, but how you do still we, have access to that phone? I agree with you, but now how do we make Facebook do that? Like, how do we make them not ban anybody unless we tell them what force them to do it? You know, right. I'd rather have that. I'd rather have the government mm-hmm. intervene in this than to have people's entire, you know, existence like removed and like they're not able to participate. Think about it. Donald Trump, the president of the United States, his main platform for communication is Twitter. The president, the fucking boss of the country is you know releasing most of his information through twitter but that it, means that the every american should have access to it is this kind of like an itunes title type of situation where like you know you can't like let's say alex jones is not allowed on twitter anymore so alex jones i'm sure you can find them somewhere on the internet if you want to you he know? just got banned from twitter I need youtube a, I, I, facebook instagram but if I Google him, will I find his show? It's that, yo, do you make apps? Because I need to make this bitter app. I need to make it. <laughs> because it's like, look, if y'all don't rock with these guys over here, right. come over to here to bitter and y'all can just complain. Well, that's what I'm saying. Um, you know Someone's going to pick him up because he's a name. You know what I mean? So my point is that you can go elsewhere and find it. So it's not like they can ever get rid of it completely. Okay, but you tell me where right now that's in existence. AlexJones.com. Nah, you can't tell me another platform. Alex Jones on the line. No, no, but you know but what? But it's true. You can joke, but you can't tell me another platform that will supplant what he's losing with YouTube, uh, right. Twitter, no, Facebook, Instagram. Like, they basically launched a coordinated attack on this guy. Mind you, I'm defending a guy that I don't agree with anything he says, bro. Right. I don't rock with Alex yeah. Jones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, like Art said, like I defend his right to say whatever the fuck he wants i agree that he should be able to say what he wants but again it goes back to how do we enforce it all right so look real quick like let's say there's a restaurant everyone goes to mm-hmm. and everyone loves the food there and they have a good time there then you find out everyone there hates you do you keep eating there or do you just go somewhere else depends how much i like the food <laughs> right but let's say that you can get that same quality food somewhere else you would probably go where up to the place where you can yeah where in- everybody knows my name right yeah, the, like I know what you're saying. It's like you're not gonna go to a place where you're not wanted and where you don't like what. I think a better analogy is like, are you gonna go to a restaurant if you don't like the food? If you don't like what they're serving, what the fuck are you doing there? Right. You know that's true. why are you on Alex Jones' Facebook page? But he does Just pop ignore up it. If you like, let's say listen to other stuff. Sometimes Alex Jones pops up, right? Like if you. So let's completely remove him from the conversation. You know no, that makes that that to me Silly. that's tyranny. Yeah. I agree. That's right. a, that's right. a totalitarianism. Yeah, like, right, that's right. authoritarianism. It's like you know, right? And, and and people need to remember at the same time, mm-hmm. Twitter is owned by somebody and they make the rules. But if this guy starts showing behavior of like tyranny of dictatorship of mm-hmm. like okay, at that point, everyone likes the idea of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone should create 
another similar platform where it's a lot more open to express how you feel without being right. You know, like well, that's, but those that's but was, those yeah. exist. Like, there's a whole bunch of those now that are that are um, crypto based. You know what I mean? Like in the like with the whole they're like crypto based and and they have an economy and there's like a Facebook out there that's like. But the problem is it doesn't have an, any adopters. Right. Yet. But for example, like that's why I was making the analogy of title and iTunes. Right. Because people en enough people pull their music off of iTunes, and start putting it on title. Eventually, the public will switch over to title. Right. So it's the same thing with that Disney's doing, pulling all the Marvel movies out of uh, out of uh, Netflix and making their own streaming service. Right. So it's not the same, though. No. Man. Yeah. It's, it's not, not the, the same. It's not the bro. same because even though I don't have rights to what Disney is doing. Whereas like if I'm on Facebook, dude, this is a platform where, you know, for for better or worse, I'm putting my own content on Facebook. Yeah. I'm giving them content. You know what I mean? The fact that I'm there, that you're there, that everybody else is there is the is why they have a business, mm -hmm. you know, and we're basically providing the content. This is totally different from me going to Burger King and consuming their their product. It's completely different. Is that you know what it needs to go back to? Just like the digital version of like magazine subscriptions, you know, it's like before you got the newspaper that you identified with, you read the magazines you identified with, and then you would have conversations with people that you identified with or mm -hmm. that you respected mm -hmm. being talking with. Now, Twitter has become so big that everyone's there and it's become chaos, you know, it's like anarchy in there. <laughs> so they're trying to create order, but then you get, uh, people pandering to certain ideologies correct and it starts to become kind of like unfair for the equal distribution of ideas right mm -hmm. so what i feel like needs to happen is like because you mentioned itunes and title and i, I saw where you were going with that mm -hmm. because jay-z just made his own shit mm -hmm. right you know everyone needs to do that but that's jay-z man no but listen that's like, jay-z you feel Alex me Jones, even son. even okay look even uh you can go on on your smartphone and look up a website and then that website could be saved to your screen as, a, as an app mm -hmm. as like a little one little icon right right so everyone needs to not forget that if you rock with let's say this guy alex jones and he's not available on twitter find another way to get to where he's at right you know like this guy uh but that i'm just saying that not condoning that he should be banned i'm just saying like that you know, it's a private entity and I'm not quite sure how the government could come in. And then because, again, that is also tyranny to, in my eyes you know, for them to come to Facebook and say, you guys have to do this now because you got too big. Sorry. You know what I mean? Well, no, I think, you know, if they're I think if anything, it's trying to correct the tyranny because here's the thing. It's like Facebook is banning these people, but the violations are super like arbitrary. You know, it's like, true. oh, they're getting banned for quote unquote violent speech. Who gets to define what violent speech is? I don't know what the fuck is violent speech. Last I heard, a word can't punch you in the face. Right. How is a word violent? Is it inciting so they, violence? So they leave it so like ambiguous. No, it's not inciting violence. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. The Constitution has that language. Right. If anything, they should go by what's in the American Constitution. Like, let's go off that, right. you know? And since they're not. It's why it's like, you know what? Y'all aren't, aren't really rocking with this constitution. I don't know if I want to keep rocking with y'all. Right. right. So what if not, do? it's like, why Why is the government there if they're not there to like intervene in things like, like this? You know, sometimes you got to put capitalism in check. 
Sometimes you got to put capitalism in check. Dude. So and what you, should we do? You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that, right? Look, like if I, if I may, putting capitalism in check, right? Mind you, people like to take America's freedoms and use it against itself. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Yeah, 100%. They'll, they'll be like, ah, but hold on. What you mean? You know, like, yeah. I thought this was America. Right. So like, if, if, if someone has the freedom of speech and what they use their freedoms with is abusive, does that person still deserve their freedoms? You know, you're abusing what's given, what's, try saying fuck Fidel Castro in Cuba. You can get away with saying fuck Donald Trump in America, mm-hmm. but like, just because you can say it, does it make it, a, are you, should you, you right. know what I'm saying? Right. Try saying fuck Vladimir Putin in Russia. See what happens to everyone you know, bro. Yeah. So people need to remember that, yo, although, you know, America has these freedoms that we're blessed with being defended by, like, don't abuse it because then shit like Twitter happens. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're like, hey, you know what, bro? Like, uh, we make the rules here. You know, uh, right. I, I know that you feel that way about whatever you're feeling, but I don't rock with that. And if yeah. you don't like it, then get off Twitter. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It yeah, starts yeah. to become yeah. a little bit less American, even though it's based in America. And you know what's crazy to me? It's like back in the day, like when we were coming up and the Death Row Records days and, and, and Two Live Crew and NWA and shit. It was like it was the right wingers that were trying to censor shit and, and trying to suppress freedom of speech, if anything, you know. And now it's like crazy that it's the liberals that have taken that position. Yeah. Like now the conservatives are the ones that are fighting for free speech. And that shit is fucking mind boggling if you came up when we came up, you know. Yeah. It's just what I said the other day. Like, that's why I don't really get too into politics because I feel like it's always going to balance itself out. You know, it's like, yeah, one one side gets too powerful, then the other side rises up to meet it. Yeah. Know? People forget that, like the Democrats were the party of slavery. Mm-hmm. The Republicans were Abraham Lincoln's party. Right. You know, like people have short memories, man. Bars. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. That was 150 years ago. It's in the what 18, yeah. 1800s. I don't know. I want to sound like an idiot. I which is why, the like 1860s or something. Which Civil is why, War. Like, yes. I I always want to just go back. Me personally, right? Mm-hmm. I always want to just go back to just decency, bro. Yeah. If, if you just yeah. common sense. Yeah. Right? If you just apply decency. Yeah. Yo, that is such a filtering filtration system, you know, yeah. and. If I keep that in mind, bro, it's a lot easier to navigate, bro. You start to see really how people, like my friend, right? He just had a kid and he said, yo, it's crazy. Ever since my daughter was born, he told me this. Ever since my daughter was born, I started looking at the way people move a certain way, mm-hmm. yeah, you know? Yeah. And that the foundation that he's acting on is like decency. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah for sure. It's wild. Yeah. All right, man. Let's, uh, what do you, what do you think, man? Let's go to this bento box. Dude, let's do it. <laughs> what's what's with you? I bro? got a piece so bad, bro. Yeah, go go ahead, man. I'll get no, to the okay, I'll okay. get to the let's shit. The so box. check it out, the bento box. Well, let's go to the fucking intro. Hey. That's not it. Yeah. It's the bento box. Yeah, yeah. This what? is the Bento Box, ladies and gentlemen, where you can call in and you can be part of the show. The phone number is what? 561-708-0072. I hate that. Hate. Is that what? I hate you so what? much. I did it right that time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to this first message, man. Let's do it. What up, Dre and Renee? One what time up? for the Human Sushi Podcast. This yes, sir. is a... Alex with the Duke Company just showing some love. 
keep it going. You guys are rocking it. Peace. That's what's up, man. Yeah. Alex from the Do Company. They actually, uh, yeah, I've been uh, following them on Instagram. They got some really dope gear on there. I see they got like t-shirts, tank tops, some really, really cool shit. So that's nice. what's up, man. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Oh, yeah. Appreciate Shout out to Alex, love. man. What's up? Look them up on Instagram. I can't tell you their website off offhand, but look them up on Instagram. The Do Company. That's D-U. The Do the Company. D-U. They got some dope shit, man. Let's get to the next one. Let's do it. It's Reese. call me V. <laughs> you know what really bugs the shit out of me? Uh, here we go. When I'm talking to another adult and I'm eating something or we're talking about a food and they're like, ew, gross. And I'm like, my God, it's so good. Haven't you ever tried it? And they're like, no. What the fuck? Are you, what are you, five? You don't want to try something before you say you don't fucking like it? Uh, I see Go where she's going with up, this. idiot. <laughs> Bye, guys. I don't get it. It's, it's a Game of Thrones thing. I think I see where you're going there, Risa. It's a Game of Thrones thing. She's saying that we don't like Game of Thrones, but we haven't tried it. Risa watches Game of Thrones? Risa got bars, man. That's what's up. Yo, Just like distance and know. you I ain't even know it. I you ain't even like know you got this. deep in it. You think so? I'm yeah. giving her too much credit? Too much credit. I feel like that was the Game of Thrones reference, man. I don't know. But... Yeah. So I'm Asian, and we eat scallions. Like, you know, <laughs> see, green onions, like the long thing. A scallion. But we don't, like, cut them up. We eat, like, rice, and we just eat the scallion like a carrot, sort of. We, like, hold it in our hand, and we bite it, and then we eat our rice, and then we take a bite of the scallion. People also think that's fucking weird. That is weird. But I'm I sorry. bet they've never even tried it. They're good They're like that. Great. It's delicious. I've had it. I know. Like Asian that. people are weird also. Bye. <laughs> you know what? I had no idea that they ate scallions like carrots. Yeah. I mean, scallions are the little, like, hollow, like, yeah. thin ones, right? Yeah, the green things, yeah. Yeah, those things are delicious. It doesn't matter if you don't cut them up. Yeah? Yeah. You eat them like that, handheld? I have ate, I have eaten them like that when I've eaten Asian food before. It's been served like it's that. It's always been cut up for me. I've been going to the American Asian spots, I guess. Where the do fake you go ass to spots. The, to Samurai? <laughs> Nah, I haven't been to Samurai that's in a long time. That's that Cuban Asian food. Samurai is it's good as fuck, but man, that shit is like a big slop of butter on top of the rice and shit. <laughs> samurai is dangerous, bro. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. man. Awesome. V, what up? V, what up? V, what up? V, because yeah, Risa, man. It's like the episodes where she doesn't call in. It's just not the same, you know. Yeah, I'm. I get depressed. I go home all sad and shit. I'm telling you that she was referencing Game of Thrones in that first one. I think you're giving her way too much credit. I think she was talking about food the whole time. She must have been hungry. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It's a Game of Thrones thing because we hate on it and we haven't watched it. I mean, ill Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the fuck up out of here, man. Hey, all right. Yo, Art. My man, for sure. I appreciate having you here, bro. It's a, it's. I'm glad we finally, you know, got to put it together, bro. We've been at it for a long time and shit, man. Me too, man. I, I appreciate what y'all are doing, bro. Y'all just keep going hard, man. Putting out that human sushi, you know what I'm saying? And everyone sushi. out there, keep supporting these guys. You know what I'm saying? Word. Thank you, sir. Where can they find you? Yo, everything is Art Morera, man. Instagram, uh, A R T M O R E R A. Same thing with YouTube, ArtMorera.com. Fuck with me, man. Check out the music. Yes. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Check out these just what just what I'm up to, man. I truly appreciate everybody. You know, I don't I, I'm not coming from like a sense of entitlement. You know how some rappers be like, "Yo, drop a comment on my new post. I need y'all to do that." Right, <laughs> right, right. Like, "Nah, man, like just thank you, bro. I don't give a fuck how little or how much y'all rock with me." 
you know, thank you, you know? That's a good way to get me not to do it. It's by, like, telling me I need to do it, you know? It's like, nah, B. <laughs> I don't think so, bro. Word. Yo, man, you can reach us at humansushibar.com. That's right. Human Podcast on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're not on all the other net. Well, we're actually, we're on Facebook. I not think it's Facebook. just Human Sushi on Facebook. Yep. Yeah, rock with us, man. Like, leave us a fucking message. Yep. Uh, call up the bento box. Five six one seven zero eight zero zero seven two. Oh shit! Hey, Renee, coming prepared. I like it. Hey, it's the Red Bull. <laughs> Hit us up, Red Bull. The Red Bull finally got you like in the right. You know what yeah, I mean? You're seeing beautiful minds and shit. That's just happening right now. It took like forty five <laughs> minutes, but we're here. All right, press record. Let's start this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.